trust the gospel. Jesus goes over, jumps in, grabs Peter up. God has us there for a reason. He's testing our faith and purifying that thing so that when he comes again, we are exploding in happiness. Welcome to New City Sermon Podcast. Join us as we open God's word to be empowered and challenged today. Good morning, church. How y'all doing this morning? Y'all doing all right? Y'all got enough sleep last night? I know sometimes when you can get an extra hour, you still wake up sleepy. So if you are still a little sleepy, we have some, some areas here where you can just stretch out. Just go ahead on and go to sleep now, and uh, won't nobody say nothing. Uh, it's better to do that than to uh, do one of those head nods, uh, lean over and hit somebody in the back of the head. So if you need to stretch out, just go ahead and stretch out. Um, it's all right. Uh, but I believe that God has given us a really really powerful word this morning. Um, and so before we dive in, let's go ahead and, and pray and ask God to, to speak. Oh, Father in heaven, we just gather here right now in this moment. And we ask that you would speak to us. These people do not need to hear a word from a 31-year-old man. They need to hear a word from an infinite and all-powerful God. So, Lord, would you speak now that we may all hear from you and be edified and that we would all grow more and more into the likeness of your son, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. This morning we are continuing our sermon series that we've called Foundations. God has given the church foundational truths that we are to live by, and they help to keep us grounded in our relationship with God. The truth that we'll be exploring this morning is faith. In our text today, Paul is encouraging the church in Rome to see that faith is the best thing you have. For it is not by works, but by faith that God has made us righteous. In Romans 4, verse 13 through 25, we read Paul writing to the church in Rome. He says, For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would inherit the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. If those who are of the law are heirs, Faith is made empty and the promise nullified because the law produces wrath. And where there is no law, there is no transgression. This is why the promise is by faith, so that it may be according to grace to guarantee to all the descendants, not only to the one who is of the law, but also to the one who is of Abraham's faith. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, the one who gives life to the dead and calls things into existence that do not exist. He believed, hoping against hope, so that he became the father of many nations according to what had been spoken. 
so will your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body to be already dead since he was about 100 years old. And also the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver in unbelief at God's promise, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God because he was fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to do. Therefore, it was credited to him for righteousness. Now, it was credited to him was not written for Abraham alone, but also for us. It will be credited to us who believe in him, who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. He was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. The word of God. One of the latest Lowe's commercials show a proud do-it-yourselfer installing a ceiling fan. He gives that ceiling fan one last swing, and he steps down the ladder, walks over to the light switch, turns the light switch on, the fan starts to spin, and all of a sudden, pow, the motor explodes. The fan comes falling down to the ground, and it crushed a table before it just flopped. And all of a sudden, the camera goes outside the house. It's peaceful. It's quiet. And then now, bang! He throws the fan out the window. And words flash on the bottom of the screen. Need help? Installation can be tricky. Come to Lowe's. But we are able to help you get the job done. It's a funny story. But you know, the reality of our lives is that Doing it ourselves doesn't always work. Now, sure, some people are true do-it-yourselfers. But when it comes to salvation, all of us are like the guy in the commercial. We are in desperate need of help. The good news of Jesus is that he does for us what we can't do for ourselves. There's a moment in the commercial when the guy is standing there and he's looking like, oh, what to do next? I mean, just confused. And sometimes for us, we are also confused with how to get it done and how to live by faith. We don't like to operate in a space where we can't do anything to get it done, where we must depend on an outside source. And sometimes we are getting things done Apart from faith. Apart from depending on God. Some of us have faith, but we have wrapped it in so much just in case till it's no longer faith. What does it take for you to start depending on God? I mean, some of us have been Christians and followers of Jesus for so long, but have, are we really depending on God? What would it take for you to say, today is the day. I'm, I'm going to really put my trust in Jesus. For some of us, our faith has become self-reliance. God wants us to know that we are relying too much on our own ability. 
we must remember the Lord doesn't call us to live by skills or depend on our strength. He calls us to depend on him and to live by faith. Now, how am I to live by faith? Faith seems spiritual and live sounds physical. Paul is telling us, just as we can't work our way into salvation, there are certain problems that we face that we can't work on hard enough to fix. You can try and try to make stuff work, but until God moves, it just won't happen. Faith in God applies to salvation, but it also applies to the trials and obstacles we face on the day to day. Now, to encourage the church in Rome, Paul reminds them of the faith of their ancestor, Abraham. Abraham is the father of many nations. His faith has been passed down to his descendants. We are Abraham's descendants if we share Abraham's faith. Abraham was the first person to ever live by faith. The same faith he had is the same faith we are to have. Well, what kind of faith did Abraham have? Abraham had victorious faith in God. In our text today, there are three things that gives us a victorious faith in God. First, believe God is able. Second, don't drown in doubt. And the third is Trust the gospel. Trust the gospel. The first, believe God is able. Believe God is able. There were two great obstacles in the way of Abraham achieving his goals. First, he was physically incapable of fathering a child. And second, his wife, Sarah, was physically incapable of conception and childbearing. But he trusted that God would make a way. Although it looked funny and it sounded like it's impossible and it didn't make no sense and this thing just don't add up, Abraham said, I trust that God is able. Abraham knew the omnipotent God. He knew that although the odds were stacked up against me, my God is all powerful. Believing that God is able is not always easy for us. Abraham wrestled with this thing as well. God had called Abraham in Genesis 12. And God promised to bless Abraham. That Abraham would have descendants as numerous as the stars. But Abraham and Sarah were in their 90s. And they felt like God was taking too long. Oh, we all know what it's like to give God a deadline, right? All right, God, I'm going to give you to the end of this month. Now, if I don't see it happening, I'm just going to have to do this thing myself. Hmm? And Sarah was like, babe, I, I, I'm tired of waiting. Now. Uh, we're going to have to make this thing happen. In Genesis 16:2, Abraham's wife, Sarah, said to Abraham, since the Lord has prevented me from bearing children, go to my slave. Perhaps through her, I can build a family. 
And Abraham agreed to what Sarah had said. Abraham had a son from this slave woman. And one day, while Abraham was still wrestling with how he was going to put his faith in God, he got a visit from El Shaddai. In Genesis 17, the Lord says to Abraham, I am God Almighty. Live in my presence and be blameless. I will set up my covenant between me and you and I will multiply you greatly. God gave Abraham a son from his wife, Sarah. And one day God tested Abraham's faith. He told Abraham to take his son, Isaac, and sacrifice him on an altar. And by this time, Abraham's faith was so strong in God, he said, yes, I'll do it. What exactly did Abraham believe about God Almighty, about El Shaddai? That he was willing to sacrifice his promised son. Back to our text here in Romans 4, 17. It says, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of God in whom he believed, the one who gives life to the dead. Hebrews 11 tells us that Abraham acted in faith that God would raise Isaac. Abraham believed that if he sacrificed his son Isaac, God would be so faithful to him that he would raise Isaac from the dead. Just as Abraham believed, we must also believe that God is able to revive that which is dead in our lives. God is able to revive. There are things in your life that appear to be dead. Ain't no use in reaching out to her because that relationship is over. Ain't no use in talking to my husband about that. He's just going to say this. And, you, and, you, and, you, and it feels like you're just one text message away, one bad argument away from it all being over. It might as well be dead. Why should I give my energy to something that is good as dead? Because God is able to give life to the dead. If you are a Christian, you know this firsthand. God is able to give life to the dead. God is able to revive. But not only is God able to revive, he's also able to provide. Out of what does not exist, God brings forth your provision. Look at the second half of verse 17. It says, in the presence of God, in whom he believed, the one who gives life to the dead and calls things into existence that do not exist. Paul is encouraging the Roman church to believe God is able by reminding them when God provided for Abraham, the father of their faith. In other words, just as God provided for Abraham, who believes he is able, God provides for us, his church. By faith, in, by faith, Abraham believed God would provide a sacrifice. Paul must be referring to that same time when God called Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. And Abraham believed that God Almighty would 
not only raise Isaac from the dead, but he would also provide a sacrifice instead of Isaac. Genesis 22, verses 7 through 8, we read, Then Isaac spoke to his father Abraham and said, My father. He replied, Here I am, my son. Isaac said, Wait, wait, wait. The fire in the wood is here. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? I, I, I don't see it. Where's the lamb that we're going to sacrifice? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Listen, listen. There is something that God uh, does in our lives that Abraham understands. But unfortunately, the descendants of Abraham often forget. We often forget that God is our provider. Sometimes we Christian men even get so far ahead of ourselves that we believe that it's all up to us to make a way. God is the way maker. It is up to us to lead our families down the path that God has provided. And sometimes we worry ourselves too much that we forget who God is. It's in his name. He is Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. It's who he is. He's the provider. And just like Abraham, obstacles will be in your life. You can't work your way out of them. Your faith will be tested. How will you respond? Respond in faith, knowing that God is able to give life to the dead and that he's able to provide for all of your needs. The second thing that should help us to have a victorious faith in God is this. Don't drown in doubt. Don't drown in doubt. Let's take another look at our text in Romans 4. Paul is still speaking of Abraham's faith. He says, he believed hoping against hope. So that he became the father of many nations, according to what had been spoken, so will your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body to be already dead since he was about 100 years old and also the deadness of Sarah's womb. There's something here that we must understand. Doubt weakens faith. But wait a minute. I, I mean, I just can't ignore the reality of my problems. Now, I mean, this is a real situation I'm facing. And God is not calling us to ignore the realness of the problems we face. He's calling us to have faith in the face of our problems. Did you, did, did you catch that? Uh, it, it says Abraham did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body to be already dead. That's a real problem. Abraham looked at his problem and said, yeah, I'm 99 years old. I am physically incapable of fathering a child. And on top of that, my wife is 90. You might as well say her womb is already dead. These are real problems. 
But it says he, he considered it. Now listen, I'm convinced that there are three ways to consider our problems. We can either glance at it, look at it, or we can stare at it. There should come a time when we're considering our problems that we should take our eyes off our problems and redirect our attention on God and the truth that he is able. When you stare at your problems, you become paralyzed and your faith drowns in doubt. I'm reminded of Peter walking on water. A man walking on water. Jesus called him out of the boat. He comes, he's walking on top of the water. And all of a sudden, a gust of wind comes. Waves start to crash. And Peter takes his eyes off Jesus and he says, oh, wait a minute. And he starts to sink. He starts to drown. Jesus goes over, jump in, grabs Peter up. You know what he says? You of little faith or you of no faith. Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? There's things that in our lives that we think are too big, too great for God. God has us there for a reason. He's testing our faith and purifying that thing so that when he comes again, we are exploding in happiness. When he was looking at Jesus, Peter was all right. He just started to drown when he focused too long on the waves, on his problem. Let's take a look at verse 20. He did not waver, speaking of Abraham's faith, in unbelief at God's promise, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God because he was fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to do. Doubt weakens faith, but remembering the faithfulness of God strengthens our faith. God's faithfulness strengthens faith. Some of us have faith in faith. Oh, I just know this thing going to work because I got too much faith for this thing not to happen. We don't have faith in faith. We have faith in the faithfulness of God. Even when our works ain't working and our faith is drowning in doubt, Jesus is still faithful to us. There's no need for us to drown in doubt when we really realize that our God is almighty. There is no reason for us to drown in doubt when we really understand that our God will provide. The songwriter says, what do I have that hasn't been given? What do I need that you won't supply? You feed the sparrow. You clothe the lily. They don't worry, so neither would I. Neither will I. Don't drown in doubt. The third thing, and we're up out of here. The third thing that will help you have a victorious faith in God is this. Trust the gospel. 
trust the gospel. Verse 22. Therefore, it was credited to him for righteousness. Now it was credited to him was not written for Abraham alone, but also for us. It will be credited to us who believe in him, who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. He was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. The same way God revealed himself to Abraham is the same way he has revealed himself to us in the gospel. He introduced himself as El Shaddai and Jehovah Jireh, God Almighty and God my provider. And he is the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. Take a look, verse 24. He raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. That's El Shaddai. God Almighty has the power over life and death. Verse 25, he was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. That's Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. In the gospel, we see that Jesus meets our greatest need. Just as God provided a ram in place of Isaac. God also provides his son, Jesus, in place of us. The gospel is that God has met our greatest need by providing Jesus in our place. We have lied. We have hate. We have innocent bloodshed on our hands. We are guilty, not Jesus. We deserve to be brutally beaten and punished. Jesus was sinless. He had no sin, but God made the one who did not know sin to become sin for us, that in him we may become the righteousness of God. And as God sees the sacrifice of Jesus crucified on a tree, then buried in the grave, he raised Jesus and he justifies us. Just as Jesus was brought to newness of life, so are we. This new life that we now live, we live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself up for us. We are free of the guilt of sin. We're now justified if we believe. We receive this justification by faith. Now, now what does that even look like? Imagine you are pitted in a race against Jesus. You're in a spiritual marathon and it's you, just you, and Jesus at the starting line. The gun goes off, pow, Jesus takes off. And just, I mean, he's gone. Running perfectly, every stride. Everything get in his way hurdles perfectly. He makes Usain Bolt look like a human tortoise. I mean, he is moving. He comes across the finish line. Seven seconds. Now, he's, he's outside of time, so he could have came across the finish line in negative time. But I guess he decided that seven was a perfect number. A new cosmic record. Then finally, in this spiritual marathon, here go you. Staggering across the line, gasping for breath. You lost focus during this race. You got tangled in the bushes. 
You frequently tripped over your own shoelaces and fell in the mud flat on your face. As you gasp and collapse at the finish line, you look up and you see Jesus. He's standing there on the winner's platform. He has the gold medal around his neck while you feel defeated and ashamed. But as you start to slip away, Jesus calls, hey, hey, come on, come on over here. You say, oh, wait, 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 who, me? And he says, yes, you, come. You come on over there. He stands you there on the winner's platform. Everybody is looking. You feeling like, oh, I don't really belong here. And Jesus puts his arm around your shoulder and says, look, I saw your whole race. And even though I took off ahead of you, I was there with you the whole time. And then he takes his gold medal, puts it around your neck. And it stays on his neck as well. The reporters, they come over and they are asking questions and taking pictures. <laughs> then they ask things like, oh my goodness, that was such a good race. How did you run so fast? What are you planning on doing now with your gold medal? And then you begin to realize, wait a minute. They're treating me like I won the race. Like I was running Jesus' race. And you notice that's what it's like to be justified by faith. In his place we stand. Brand new, cleaned up, now made righteous. And with this righteousness, we are able to look and say, wait a minute. If God brought me to a new life, what good things will he now keep from me? He's given his son for me. What will he not give? Allow the resurrection to be the source that stimulates your faith. You can now say, I trust God that this bill will get taken care of. Because I know he raised Jesus from the dead. I can trust God will provide the necessary income because I know he raised Jesus from the dead. I can trust that God will help me with my mental health because I know he raised Jesus from the dead. I could trust God to heal my marriage because I know he raised Jesus from the dead. And if today is the day that I die, if it really comes crashing down and today is my day, I can trust that God will raise me from the grave because I know he raised Jesus from the dead. Thank you for listening to New City Sermon Podcast. For more information, check us out at www.newcityhh.com. We'll see you next week.